Hello, listeners. It's Noelle, the player of Vivian. We have a different episode for you this week. One of our team members is out, and we're using this time in between books to kind of get caught up with uh, our level up and our loot and all that fun stuff. I'm going to warn you guys, this is a super nerdy episode. Lots of number crunching, lots of explaining mechanics of Pathfinder. You'll definitely find it interesting if you play Pathfinder or role-playing games. If you don't, you might be a little bored. I do promise that we make some pretty funny jokes throughout, but um, we won't be too insulted if you don't listen to the whole thing. My suggestion, download it either way because that makes our numbers look good. I want to thank Sword Coast Soundscapes for this episode for adding some background noise so you can uh, focus on that if you want to ignore our blabbering on and on. You can look up his stuff at youtube.com slash Soundscapes. I think that's all for me. Get prepared. You may want to have a drink while you're getting into this one, and I hope you have a great week. Bye. Why so sighing? What? Sighful. Why the long pace? There you go. Well, I'm a bit bummed out, guys. Why? Because... My car just rolled over 160,000 miles, and I missed watching the odometer. Is that why you decided you got the covered parking space today? Did I Did I park in covered parking today? Yes, You're in the covered parking space <laughs> That's, today. I noticed that. I thought... You know, Noel get it today? Yeah, I was going to ask you that when I got home, but I forgot it. Just like, oh, well, I guess Noel decided she's parking in covered parking today. You know what? My subconscious decided I was parking in covered parking today because it is so cold outside. <laughs> I didn't want to walk. It's a, I'm parked under a tree. It's fine. <laughs> well, That's hilarious because I didn't realize I did that. I think it's safe that you didn't watch it roll over. I think you should pay attention to the road and not your odometer. <sighs> I could do both. That's why it's there. Yeah, that's what they say when they're, they can pay attention to their phone and the road at the same time until they can't. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to be driving and trying to take a picture with <laughs> my phone while on the highway. That but, was my plan. But not a picture of the odometer. It was a selfie with the odometer. <laughs> <laughs> Just over your shoulder. Exactly. And then in, in the background in the windshield, you could see the... The wreck. Uh, Yes, the, the, the person in the crosswalk with their hands covering their face. I always well, wanted to be famous. Now I can be on all those uh, posters of Don't Text wanted and Drive. Wanted posters? Oh. <laughs> well, I you've already, been at the post office. You've already been rear-ended like four times, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I didn't do anything to, to... Yeah, none of those were your fault, but they no. all happened on your birthday. So. Yeah, that's true. She doesn't drive on her birthday anymore. They're not nope. the same birthday. It's four separate birthdays, but mm-hmm. for some reason, she keeps getting rear-ended on her birthday. Mm-hmm. I've been rear-ended on my birthday. Or other people's birthday. She got rear-ended on her brother's birthday too yep. that happened yep it's terrible is there there's a there's a series of years where i'd go get a shot every birthday like a liquor because i'm just like and just arrived another one okay here we go well at least it was after your crash yes not before yes after yeah that way you're not at fault right so those of you who are paying attention you've noticed that a voice is missing who yeah so who? now that we've completed <laughs> book one we decided we didn't need gary anymore so we <laughs> murdered him <laughs> Yeah. No, no GM for us. The cat is away. Well, the cat is dead. So yeah, but he's got or nine is lives. he? <laughs> or is he? He's in a box. Schrodinger. For the, for the NSA, that is a joke. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't actually kill Gary. He's just not here today. He's we trapped decided. in a room somewhere. Yeah, trapped in mm-hmm. a room somewhere. Trying to escape. <laughs> dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> but we uh, we decided to do a recap episode without him, so we could discuss our own take on everything mm-hmm. in this episode. Yeah. 
And we're just not going to tell him that we released it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't it's listen in. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the podcast anyway. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we leveled up last time. Woohoo! Yeah, yes. that's a big one. Level Ooh. four. Level four. And first ability important. point. Yeah, first this extra ability point. And all of us, except for one person, uh, survived book one. It's true. We had a 20% survival rate. No, it's no a, we had I mean, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%. I did it backwards. That was some Noel math there. Yes. Yeah. No, I just, no, he did the math right. He just had the, the wrong yes. side of the equation. No, yeah. <laughs> that was my dyslexia. <laughs> <laughs> Got it backwards. Correct, but backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so leveling up is uh, really big news. So we leveled up at the end of book four. Um, no, no, no. We leveled up to level four at the end of book one. Now who doesn't know how to talk? This is drink number two. <laughs> Are you sure? Or is it drink number four? <laughs> Shush. <laughs> so, end of book one, level four. Huzzah. Who wants to go Yay. first? I would I would nominate Vivian to go first, because yeah. as a cleric, you probably have the easiest level up. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yes. So, the cool thing about level four is we get a new ability point, as Philip said. What does that mean, Richard? So for those who aren't familiar with the mechanics, your ability points are a term for your stat points, you know, your strength, your intelligence, those things that make up the... The, the core of you. Yeah, the core attributes of your character. Um, so you have, based on the rules of when you create your character, a certain number of points that you get to use at the beginning, but then you, you slowly gain additional points as you move along. And fourth level is the first level where you get an additional point that you get to put wherever you like. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. Yes. So, like, if you go down all the way in your constitution or your strength, it's very detrimental. What happens when you go down all the way to your charisma? You're talking about, um, like, due to charisma damage? Yeah, yeah, like, you, you hit one or zero on charisma. Does anything bad happen to you besides people think you're ugly? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's beyond ugly. I mean, you're, it's... <laughs> you are beyond, you're, beyond You're beyond ugly. ugly. How dare you? It's very rude. <laughs> it... It's sort of it's like you and I could look at the specific explanation in the Pathfinder book but you lose any ability to empathize or predict the intentions of any person at all huh so you become a sociopath possibly but even less functional okay <laughs> depending on how far you go down sociopaths can be charming charming yeah. I watched Ted Bundy's the Zac Efron Ted charming. Bundy this weekend he was definitely a sociopath but people liked him Zac Efron played Ted Bundy mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty good. I liked it. Ted Bundy is apparently a breakout role for pretty boys because in my generation, it was Mark Harmon played uh, played him, and he was breaking away from a pretty boy role in St. Elsewhere. I've only seen young Mark Harmon in, a, was it Presidio? Presidio. Was yeah. St. Elsewhere the one where it was just an autistic boy's dream? It well, was you've like just a, spoiled some movie. <sighs> first of all, that was a TV show. Mm-hmm. Second of all, yeah, like it was... It like, could be. I never watched it. He was looking in a, like a, a, a globe or something. A snow globe? Yeah. That's how it ended. Isn't that Citizen Kane? No, that's Rosebud. Well, there was a snow globe in there. <laughs> uh, it could be. I never saw the last episode. I actually only watched that show intermittently. But, uh... So I have your answers, Philip. Uh-huh. So at zero charisma, you are unable to express yourself and are unconscious. At one charisma, you are barely conscious, able to blink, and expressionless. Two charisma capable of only minimal independent decision making okay so it charisma is just it's your, it sounds like it's just your personality it's not just your looks it's your personality yes definitely okay yeah and it's always been that way like if you have a high charisma score it's not just that you're pretty i mean that's included in the package but you're also likable and you know uh eloquent so mm-hmm. how come dwarves then get started off as 
negative in charisma? I think it's because they're very insular and tied into their own culture mm-hmm. and um, don't relate particularly well with other... Because, I mean, they're an underground race. Most of the other races they interact with are above ground and they come from underground. So just their core ability to relate to other people is stunted. So they're ugly xenophobes. Kind of. I was Well, that's what I was thinking of is like there was that, that whole long period of, you know, Japanese history where they're like not talking to outsiders whatsoever. Yeah. And so it's very... They've got a very strong culture, but it's... Um, so we already gotten derailed. We're five, five, ten minutes in, and we're already derailed. We were talking about leveling up. Oh yeah, no, you, we we got one one thing from Vivian, I think. <laughs> one ability point. Uh-huh. I haven't told you what, it, what what I put it in yet. Where so, did you put your ability point? So I had. Oh, so the other thing, as far as the the way the mechanic works, is your ability score affects your modifier, and it only goes up when you have an even number. Yes. So, or when you come up to an even number in Correct. your modifier. So. A base level ability score is 10, and your bottom, your modifier is 0. Yeah, so for those listening at home, 10 is considered perfectly average. If you have 10 strength, you're at average strength. If you're 10 dexterity, you're average, averagely dexterous. Mm-hmm. And most of my ability scores I've got even numbers in, which means if I added a point, it wouldn't change my modifier. But I had a 17 wisdom and a 15 charisma. So, And clerics use both of those scores pretty regularly charisma mo- your charisma modifier affects how many channels you can do per day and the save dc of said channel mm-hmm. and your wisdom modifier that affects all my spells and my spell dc and my uh domain abilities how many times i can cast those per day so it was really a toss-up and it's, it was really tempting to want to get my wisdom up to an 18 this level but i decided instead to put my point into charisma so i now have a 16 charisma which means i have a plus three ability modifier which means I get to cast, I'm sorry, which means I get to channel one extra time per day. So I'm now up to eight channels per day. And the save DC also went up by one. Mm-hmm. So my save DC is 15. Well, the save DC also went up for another reason. Noel, would you like to explain that one? Uh, because my cleric level went up and I divide it by two and that means it's higher. Yeah. <laughs> so that is another mechanic that's going to be very important at level four. There's a lot of skills that go up by one every two levels, and you round down. So that means for level one through three, it's just one. But when Mm -hmm. you get to level four, that's the first time it goes up to two. So for all of y'all listening, if you haven't figured it out, this is going to be a super nerdy episode with math and explaining mechanics. If you're not into that thing, you should still listen anyway, because we're going to make silly jokes somewhere in here. Maybe. Or will be. We hope. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. For everyone else who enjoys this kind of stuff, welcome and glad you're listening. So yeah, that's where I put my ability score. Um, and to explain that ability score thing again, just just to give an example, if your score is 14 and you put your one point to make it 15, that doesn't have any mechanical change because the modifier doesn't change because it's divided by two. But if it's 15 and you change it to 16, sorry, the cat's meowing. Shut up, Lando. I think he's done. But if you have a 15 and put it up to a 16 that does have a mechanical change because the even number now increases your modifier by one. That's a lot of information. Just, if you're playing, it's best to start off odd so you can be even and get (laughs) points. How about that? If you're playing Pathfinder, you probably started off odd to begin with. True. (laughs) Uh, uh, Eh. Well, you're not left with much choice, though. Isn't this something, as you set it up, you roll anyway? Well, not... No. We do with a point by, we don't do the roll. That's the old school way, Ma. Uh, Okay. Yeah, 
modern modern iterations of this game have become far more e- egalitarian and given you more of the option to buy your points rather than roll for them. Ah, works for me. But you are right. Back in the olden times, back in the olden days, uh, you, you had, had to roll, roll for it. your modifiers, which meant they were set in stone, and it wasn't your choice. Which generally meant that you didn't even de- decide what you were going to be until you rolled all mm-hmm. your modifiers, and then you saw. What made wh- sense. What made sense. Mm-hmm. Because if you didn't have a good charisma roll, you better not be a sorceress. Cause, exactly. Because what's the point of doing the random rolls? It's the idea is this is what you're born with and then developed over time hey, through nurture and you stuff. You know, it, t- it took years to get this nerdy. <laughs> yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that system. If you want to play, hey, I just want to see what I turn out as, that's fine. But if you have a character in mind ahead of time that you mm-hmm, want to yeah. play for a specific adventure, it's much better to go with the point buy because then you can craft your ability scores to match what your character needs. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of things change. Like having money to start with <laughs> That wasn't was a big advancement. <laughs> <laughs> Currency, what, an odd, what a novel concept. Well, well, you just didn't start off with as much as you do now. Well, and that's something else that will come up later in, in this episode, and of course the adventure. The whole time we've been doing this podcast, Mom, you've joked about not like if you die, you're not <laughs> you're done, because you were so afraid of having to re-roll a level one character. Yes, because so you thought that you'd come back in at, at level one. Yes, and that was never any fun because that was the old rule. You had to come back yes, at level one. It's horrible. But in in modern times, in modern times, they have they have modified rules which allow you to build a character that is already leveled, and it tells you how much gold you should have, mm-hmm. and all those sorts of things. So let's say your character died in the first book, and you needed to bring in a new character. You mean like me? Yeah. Oh, hey, Philip. I forgot you were here. <laughs> I thought you were dead. <laughs> Who could we be talking about? So yeah, no, I got to completely create a whole new character, and they got a good sized amount of gold, so I got some masterwork and magical things, so uh, it's going to be fun on a bun. Do you think they're probably better equipped than the three of us? Well, I don't know about that. I mean, you got a whole lot of stuff in the in the dungeon, right? Yeah, this this dungeon did have unusually valuable I- magical items mm-hmm. for loot. But normally, when you do bring it, this is one of the weaknesses of the system: is when you do bring a character in late that's already leveled, the the gold evens out. But the pro- the the reason that the new characters are more powerful is because you get to decide specifically what you spend that gold mm-hmm. on, rather than it just being randomly distributed through the loot you got through the book. Mm-hmm. So you really get to craft it to what you really yeah. want for that character. So, do you want to give us a little tidbit about your character? They haven't been introduced story-wise yet, but you want to tell us anything about them? Or have they? We can save that to the very end. How about that? Fair enough. Other than that, I don't... Clerics, again, super easy to level up. I got... I can cast one more level one and level two spell now. Huzzah to that. That's big. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the way cleric magic works is basically you pray each day and your god gives you the spells that you'll need to be successful that day. Depending on the alignment of your cleric and, of course, the personality that you're playing and things like that, there are certain spells you may or may not use as a cleric, i.e. if you're a good cleric, you're not going to use evil spells. If Do you have a cat smelling your headphones? Oh, I absolutely know that. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, this, this smell and this head don't go together. <laughs> So I've played I've played clerics in other campaigns, and I played a, a true neutral cleric, and I had so much fun with her because the way I built her, 
had a very logical story reason to use a lot of really dark cleric spells, like Bone Shatter, and um, a lot of blood. There's a lot of fun blood cleric spells, like like making people bleed out of every orifice and boil their blood and turn it into acid and explode and all this stuff. They're so fun and super gross, and I really like those spells. <laughs> but Vivian would never use those. <laughs> Yeah, and this is one area where I definitely want to shout out to Paizo and Pathfinder, and I don't know how much of this carried over from 3.5, but one of the weaknesses of the system is that you really need a cleric in mm-hmm. almost every party because there's so many healing and restoration and cure spells that you need access to that you're going to be your party's going to be incredibly crippled if you don't have access to. Mm-hmm. But the positive side is that clerics are really fun to play. Yeah. There are a lot of options. They're not difficult to play and there's so many different flavors. You mm-hmm. can you can be aligned with different deity and it's not just not just the flavor but mechanically there are huge differences between cl- clerics. You can have battle clerics, you can have evil clerics, mm-hmm. you can have dancing clerics, you can have crafting clerics. You can have charming clerics. You can have charming clerics. It's there's a there's a you can have nature clerics. There's a huge panoply of options when it comes to making a cleric. So they really made it worth being the obligatory healer. Yes. So I, I really do enjoy playing a cleric, but um, my point is I, I'm not really used to playing the, the last character I played was more uh, she's more of a bad girl, and so this this is a good girl, and her her spells are fun, but they're I, I, I feel like I have to think more of like would 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 she use this spell? This is probably your biggest challenge as a player is playing a character who isn't slutty. It's true. I do <laughs> love playing sluts. Um well I mean in the game, let's be clear. In the game, <laughs> I don't, I, I, I don't want to slut shame, but I mean the way you play your character is is a, is what's the word I'm looking for? Is she doesn't know that she's being like that? Yes. So all of our other characters are consciously yes. slutty. Slutty. Yeah. Yes. This one is accidental. So this is this is her loophole. Yeah. This is a movement in the right direction. She's a good. She's a good girl slut. Uh, she hasn't learned her slutty ways yet. Accidentally. Mm-hmm. Accidentally slutty. Now I'm thinking about House Bunny. Well, she was obviously slutty, but <laughs> anyway. Well, it just just to clarify, this is it's fun because it's a complete juxtaposition of Noelle's personality. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm an old lady in in real life. I knit in my granny nightgown and. <laughs> She made a cool little tissue box for the vampire. <laughs> that <laughs> wasn't knit. She didn't knit that. Yeah, that's, that has yarn in it, point right? point is I do crafts. <laughs> I do crafts with my cats <laughs> in my jammies. But that's part of the fun of this game is you get to experiment with different characters. Yes. Completely different from your own personality. Precisely. So the last what? thing... You're supposed to be different? <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so much of me and Roderick, it's a bit embarrassing. That's uh, true. I was nothing like Thurskill. Yeah, I can tell the audience... Philip is nothing like their skill, so don't don't take don't make any assumptions about Philip's personality. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Philip is as funny as their skill. As funny, yes, but nothing else. Yeah, he's, no. He's much smarter. <laughs> so uh, the last thing that I'll say, because I haven't had a chance to use it yet, and I'm saying it on mic to remind myself to use it later, because I don't think I don't think we've ever really talked about this fully on mic. But when you're a cleric, I've never had a chance to talk about being a cleric. So when you're a cleric, you have two domains, which are uh, what would you call it? Focuses of power that are given to you by your god. Yeah. So the gods have domains tied to them, and those are the domains. Those are what give them their flavor. Like I said, with the nature god, mm-hmm. you'll have domains like weather and plant and animal and those kinds things mm-hmm. so my goddess shaylin the domains i chose for her were charm and fate and you decide those when you create your character mm-hmm. so fate is why i get to cast bit of luck on people and her charm ability is dazing touch which i haven't really got to use yet because you use it on living creatures and we've been fighting a bunch of undead but because of that being her domain i was inspired with one of my traits 
However, while you're mentioning that, we did have a listener pipe in and say technically dazing touch is not mind affecting, even though it probably should be. But we'll get mm. we'll get into that later. And what daze does is the creature is unable to act normally. A dazed creature can take no actions but has no penalty to AC. So it's a pretty cool thing. It stuns someone from her for around. Well, it doesn't technically stun because that's its own. Yeah, because stun is its own mechanic. Alluring. That was the trade I took, and it's similar to dazing touch, but it's I can cast daze as a spell-like ability once per day. And my caster level is equal to my character level. Is that the same thing? No, uh, well, no, no that, that isn't the same thing. It depends on if you multi-class. Well, how is that different than my Dazing Touch, Richard? So Dazing Touch, uh, your DC is based on your cleric level, whereas your spell-like ability from that trait is based on your character level, which is different from your cleric level only if you multi-class. Got it. So if you only take one class throughout your entire career, through throughout the entire campaign as one character, then mm-hmm. your character level and your class level are the same. So there's no difference between those two. Well, here's my last question. It says I can cast days as a spell-like ability once per day. Does that mean I have to roll a melee touch attack or do I just do it? You just do it because you have to look at the rules for days and that is a targeted uh, spell with a, with, a, with a save. So that's why it's cooler than just my charm domain ability. Yeah, because you don't have to touch with it. Mm-hmm. So, so, here's a little, cool. so here's a little tease. I'm multi-classed. Ooh. Ooh, multi-class character. Yes. We've got a lot of hybrid classes on the podcast so far, but no real multi-class. Well, I'm a hybrid multi-class. Ooh, that's even more complicated. Uh. Super complicated, but I have Hero Lab. Yeah. <laughs> I love Hero Lab because I don't have to do any work. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have an encyclopedic knowledge of the rules, uh, digital aids are certainly helpful. Mm-hmm. So that's all I got. Dazing stuff. I'm hoping I get to use that more in book two because I'm hoping that we won't be fighting just undead. But I am interested in hearing about this email later. And so now, the next one we're going to talk about the level up is Zenobia. Yes. As uh, Vivian indicated, we got ability points at this level. Um, Every four four levels, levels you gain an ability point. I also had a bunch of mostly even ability scores. So I decided to put my ability point into my con. Mm-hmm. It takes me to a 15, which does not change the modifier. It'll be level 8. Mm-hmm. And only if I put yet another ability point into it uh, would my modifier change. But it does make me fractionally harder to kill. Yes, because if you go unconscious, it's, it starts con- ticking away at your <laughs> yeah, con. Yeah. We, we, explored, we explored this mechanic several times in book 1, as Roderick r- almost died repeatedly. Almost died, yes. <laughs> oh, and I died for realsies. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that was a lot of damage. I was yeah. going to die yeah. regardless. Well, yeah. man. It, it happens, uh, as we know. But just going after the, over the mechanic again real quick to what she just referenced, after you go below zero, you have up to the negative equivalent of your constitution score. So if her constitution is 15, that means she can go to negative 15 before she's permanently dead. Mm-hmm. So as we know in this game, one point can make a difference. Yeah. So, yep. Uh, so that's why I chose to put my ability point in con as opposed to something else. I think it's a very good choice. Uh, I could have improved my charisma, but let's face it, I'm a slayer grave warden. Charisma, um... And frankly, a bit ornery. Important. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little ornery. It's, it's just not the... It's not where I need to be putting my uh, emphasis. <laughs> I'm just... I'm now imagining, so. like, s- smile Zenobia, and she's, like, grimacing. She's like, I am smiling. I am smiling. That's what my father used to say. <laughs> what, what... I mean... Okay, so, like, if you were a dude, I would call you grizzled. Is there no, a lady gri- grizzled? Grizzled is a lady old. grizzled. Grizzled, grizzled implies old. Not, oh, uh, well, yeah, it kind of does, but I mean, it's just leathery. 
<laughs> leathery. Um, That's your dad. Yeah, my dad's grizzled. And leathery. Yeah. And leathery. Instead of ornery, I would have used grizzled, but you're right. There's an age component I'd say with grizzled. strong, frankly. <laughs> but that's so boring. All right, she's Frank. She's yeah. strong Frank. Cranky. Yeah. Cranky. Really cranky. cranky. No, cranky is negative. Grizzled doesn't seem negative to me. It just means, right. oh, that's his way. Grizzled Seasoned. to me is weak. Yeah. No. Really? Weak? I'll, I'll, I'll come up with an, a- an adjective and I tell you. I think grizzled's... Now, I, I really want to get into this now. I think grizzled is about a physical appearance rather than an like, attitude. Yeah, like must up hair, and gray beard. Dirty. Dirty. No, I wouldn't say dirty. It's got stubble Scarred. and like bits of food stuck in the like pockets of their skin. <laughs> She's definitely I'd not say grizzled. I'm, I'd yeah. say I'm just, I'm a practical person. Severe. How about severe? Severe. Stern? Stern, I think, is better than severe. Yeah. I used to have kids. So, I mean, I've been a mother. Yeah. My sternness uh, takes a particular character. Use a glass. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a coaster. Where is your coaster? <laughs> yes, I was going to say, where is your coaster? Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, brush your teeth sort of thing. Comb your hair. I never have a problem with uh, Vivian because she's well-groomed. <laughs> anyway, uh, enough about that. So, increase my con. The other thing that get to do at this level is I get a slayer talent. So it's it's not my archetype right. talent. Well, Okay, the, the Holy Water Sprinkler was specifically Grave Warden. Yeah, it was a slayer talent, but the Grave Warden takes that slayer talent for a specific use. Right. My The first talent I got to take at level 2 was a archetype talent. The uh, Grave Warden takes the, the talent slot, and that's when I got the Holy Water Sprinkler. Mm-hmm. At Which level very useful. Yes. Absolutely. It, in fact, made me um, effective, especially before I had a magic weapon. And once I had a magic weapon that I could holy water sprinkle, then it became... The game was over then. ...quite effective against uh, undead, etc. But now at level four, I get to take my second uh, Slayer talent, and I chose Trap Finding. Because, because uh, Slayer is a hybrid class, rogue, ranger, this is one of the places where I get to take advantage of this something from either of them something from uh, specifically from being a rogue um, i get trap sense uh which is a rogue ability i have an increase of plus one dodge bonus to my armor class if i'm being threatened by a trap mm-hmm. okay so i get half uh half my level added to perception and skill checks and I, uh, to th- this is specifically for trap and trap mm-hmm. location and disabling uh, skill checks. And then I can also use disable device against or uh, to design magical traps. You can design magical traps? I'm sorry. I read it as design, but it actually says to disarm. Okay. I can't, in fact, design them, but I can, in fact, disarm But you're not a magical character. How can you do that? That's awesome. Uh, well, yeah, I that's so funny <laughs> but i can disable them okay and i can disarm them and sort of from a story point i'd imagine this is something that zenobi's probably been working on with her slayer proficiency but specifically getting in the magic traps now that she's got Roderick at her side all the time she's probably working with him and trying to like okay so what does this glyph mean yes I'm starting to identify what makes yeah. it magical Plus, and how it works exactly i can now use the thieves tools that we found in the dungeon. Yeah, we found those Masterwork Thieves tools several several episodes ago. Mm-hmm. 
which no one's been able to use. Correct. But now I can use them. It's probably another inspiration which she, Zenobia was just staring at that safe in the warden's office. Yeah, I mean, yes. we was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and fortunately for us, we haven't run into too many actual traps, but mm-hmm. we have run into several locks, and she probably was just staring at them in frustration. Like, I know I should be able to open this. Also, as, as I uh, increase in levels, this affects, you know, a lot of those doors and the particuli that we were having to jam chairs and mm-hmm. debris mm-hmm. things. I believe with this, I should be able to disable them and we wouldn't have to jam rubble into them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can use disable device to jam mechanisms that way. Very cool. So, uh, I think so yes. A very good choice for so, your Slayer talent. Bye bye pitons. <laughs> no, we'll never give up the pitons. That could still be a part of that. You could use the <laughs> yes. pitons in your disabled device check. As exactly. I don't know that the pitons ever actually helped, but they were a, a security blanket. Security blanket. It's yes. a fun word too. And it's a pitons. It is a fun word. So that's probably the, the biggest thing I have affecting me from a character point of view. And then I put different uh, ranks in various skills. Oh yeah. So I learned uh, Sylvan. You put a point in linguistics? (laughs) Yes, I put a point in linguistics. I also put a point in history. Good, good. Mm -hmm. Those are both class skills for a cleric, so those are good choices. Mm -hmm. I did not... uh, I I just put points in um, skills that I already had. I did not take any new skills other than disabled device, which (laughs) now makes sense for me to take. Mm -hmm. And I I put... uh, three ranks in there. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, did you just put one or you put three? Wait, That's awesome. Can. Well, I have a, you know, I have a um, armor check penalty. So if we uh, really need you to get down to it, we could take your armor off. Right, but because I have an armor check penalty, I've, I put more skill points in those items that I find useful, but that have, that my armor check penalty applies to. So I'm trying yeah, to Yeah, my question was that. just, my question was just, you put m- multiple ranks into yes. Disabled Device this level. Yes, and I put uh, three ranks into Disabled Device. I was going to ask if you could do that. Yes. Yes, you can put points up to your maximum level. Okay, so I could, yeah, so since we're level four, she could put four, but not five. No, I yeah. Correct. Well, I get six plus one. No, yeah. into one specific skill. You can't, you can't stack it, like... You can't put everything into there. You can't well, put you can't you can put, put points put in to, beyond your level. You can put up to your level in points. Yeah. Since you had six, you could put four, but not five. I see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and, and mechanics. Slayer, yeah, and Slayer is a good class for that because Slayers get six skill points per level plus your intelligence modifier. So that's quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Right, and I usually take at least. You're allowed to put one. You're allowed to put that into hit points. Yeah. So she's talking about the favorite class bonus. But the standard favored class bonus is you can either put one point into hit points or one point into a skill point. Right. You usually want to go hit points to keep your character alive, unless there's a specific skill you need. So but that's not your intelligence bonus. So is bonus. it six plus one plus one? What's it, your intelligence bonus? Uh, nothing. Then you just, then no. You yeah, it's just six plus one. So six plus one. I have, I have been doing it correctly. Six plus one for what? Skill, choose a human. So gotcha. I, put, I put six into skills, and then I take that one and I put it into hit points. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing that correctly. Uh, there was an additional one for being a human. Humans are skilled, which they get an additional skill point. So I've been shorting myself a skill point then. Quite possibly. Hey, good. Make a note. Add three skill points. Maybe I can learn a language. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Hooked on phonics worked for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um... There's a cat ow. eating Willow's hair. <laughs> she licking you? No, no she's she biting me. She eats uh, her hair. Okay. She has so, some scalp on that one. Um... After that, then, so this has effects on all those things affect your base attack bonus and saves and all saves that stuff. and blah blah blah. So that's all all been added in. Uh, I did pick up uh, that ring of protection, which is nice because that's actually giving mm-hmm. me another armor point. 
Yeah. And she's going to be even more so the front line than she has been. Mm-hmm. Yes. And be even more salty about it. And we talked about trap finding, and that's really cool. So I get to be really ir- do all that irritating rogue stuff. You know? Mm-hmm. No, let me check for traps. I want to check this random clearing for traps in this forest. <laughs> Only if it gains me experience points, right? You never know whether so it could be a huntsman's could. trap. Well, there could be one of those tiger trap things. Mm-hmm. You know? True, but we don't get XP in this game, in our game. I think we do. Do we? I'd say it's discretion. Because I think uh, he's just been leveling us up, a milestone level up, not an XP level up. Uh, I think it's been six and one half dozen of the other. Yeah, exactly. That's how I do it. I kind of loosely tie the experience points to different milestones, especially when it's an open-ended book like this one has been. Mm -hmm. Now, the one thing we haven't discussed yet is uh, loot. No, the one thing we haven't discussed yet is Roderick. Oh, yeah, Roderick. Yeah, so... Uh, the other changes to my character involve uh, things that I had to pay money for, but we'll come to that after. We discussed Roderick. We discussed Roderick. So I think I remember talking, hinting at this earlier, but a lot of things have turned on for Roderick this level. Yeah, you've been really excited yeah. for this level. I've been really excited for level four, and I don't even know where to begin. Cold spells. Ability <laughs> score. Yeah, I guess we'll start with ability score because that's where everyone else has gone. So Roderick also put a point in con. However, his constitution score was 13. Mm-hmm. So putting a point into it makes it 14, which makes it an even number, which makes the modifier plus two. So not only does he get an additional hit point this level for the plus two, it's as opposed to the plus one, <laughs> but the way Pathfinder works, you retroactively get the points from previous levels as well. Right, I nice. forgot about that. So your HP is going to get a beautiful bump. Yes, uh, he's going to get a massive bump for the constitution score he got now and uh, plus one additional for the past three levels. Very cool. So that's big. So he's going to be hardier now. Moderately more difficult to kill. On the topic of moderately more difficult to kill, Roderick also gets access to second level spells now. (gasps) Ooh, This is a big thing for him. Yeah. So can you start using those frost spells now? Yes, it's funny you should mention that. So you remember I took rhyme spell at third level, but I didn't really have a good use for it. He could use it, but not really. Mm -hmm. Now that I have access to second level spells, one of the second level spells I took was Flurry of Snowballs, which is a 30 foot cone of snowballs, which do 46 cold damage. That's hilarious. Excellent. However, one of the traits I took was Magical Lineage, which means that I can pick one spell on my spell list and I can add a metamagic feat to it mm-hmm. at a one less penalty at a minimum oh, wow. of zero. Wow. Which means I can cast Flurry of Snowballs with the rhyme spell metamagic feat added with no additional cost. Now, we talked about this in an earlier episode. Can you please explain now what a metamagic feat is? is or good. what metamagic is? Yes. So metamagic is a way to further spice up your spells. Um, most of them have an additional spell slot cost. So rhyme spell is an additional cost of plus one. So if you cast a second level spell with the rhyme spell metamagic feat added, it becomes a third level spell. You see, you add one spell slot. However... Would you have to have access to third level spell slots to cast it? To cast it? Yes. You okay. have to be able to cast a spell of that level. So, okay. which is why I couldn't cast any first level spells with my rhyme spell because it required a second level spell slot. Gotcha. However, with this magical lineage trait that I took, I can put the rhyme spell effect on Flurry of Snowballs and it still is a second level slot. That is so mathematical and very cool. And now I 
remember why I never do metamagic stuff on my characters. <laughs> it is very complicated, and you have to have a specific vision in mind when you're mm-hmm. doing it. So, mm-hmm. and just a refresher, Rhyme Spell, what that allows you to do is if a target takes damage from your cold spell, they are also entangled for oh, wow. an equivalent number of rounds to the level of the spell. And since Flurry of Snowballs is a second level spell, they would be entangled for two rounds. And wow. There, and there is no save. And, uh, really? Wow. There is no save. And you chose an area of effect spell, which means you may be able to entangle multiple targets. Exactly. Very cool, Richard. So, does the way Rhyme Spell work is you can only attach it to one spell, or could you, let's say you had another snow-themed, another ice-themed spell, could you attach Rhyme Spell to that as well? Magical Lineage only allows me to reduce the cost of one specific spell, but Rhyme Spell Smell. Rhyme spell. <laughs> but rhyme spell can be added to any spell with the cold descriptor. Okay. Uh. Very cool. So the magical lineage, that's a feat? What it is, is that? It is a trait. It's a trait. Okay. Yes. And so does the spell that you have it attached to, is it like, does that change every day? Does it change? No, it is set when you make the character. And is it only one spell that you can do it to? Yes. Ever? Have, yes. One <laughs> spell ever. So you have to decide what spell you're attaching it to when you create the character. Is that why you didn't cast any? Yes. You already knew what you wanted. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, my head hurts now. I'm glad we. Cho- I'm glad you were right. We shouldn't have done you first. I'm glad we did you last. <laughs> that was my plan. <sighs> so the other second level spell I took was Mirror Image, which should help my survivability. I have another question because I've never played a arcane spellcaster. How does so, so your magic comes from a book, right? Like you've yes. got a spell book. Yes. What's the what's the lore? What's the idea behind like how you get new magic? Like does a is this like a spell you've been creating over months that you finally written down and figured out how to write it correctly? Or did you just find it like in in, in a in a book somewhere? Or did it just pop in your head and you were like, Eureka? Kind of both. So the that way that three things though. That is three things. Well, I was ignoring the third thing. Oh, um, <laughs> scream. So. <laughs> It's kind of both of the first two things. So when you level up, the arcane classes are usually written, the spellbook classes, that you get an additional X number of spells every t- each time you level up into your spellbook. So usually two. So that represents that as you're practicing your arcane magic, you're slowly figuring out additional spells that you can just add in for free. However, with the spellbook class, you can also add in spells from scrolls using a spellcraft check, mm. So which Roderick has done as well. So that's one of the benefits of... A spellbook class is you slowly learn new spells automatically over time, but you can also spend money to add additional spells or add spells from schools that you find. And that's another reason it was a real bummer that we had to destroy the Splatterman spellbook completely, right? Exactly. That's why I was really trying to hold on to any of those that we could. We couldn't in the end, but Mm -hmm. if we had been able to save any of those spells in that book, Roderick could have copied them into his spellbook. We'll have to ask Gary when he's back, but I wonder if if you would have been able to because eventually the spellbook had to be destroyed. Like, I wonder if somehow there might have been a, I don't know, a magic lock. (laughs) Maybe maybe in the window between the fight and destroying Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, maybe, but I wonder if maybe there was some... would have been something that prevented that. I don't know. Why couldn't you just write it down? I mean, it was right there. Just write it down. That's not how writing magic works. But it's you like don't a, know. It's like a recipe, right? <laughs> Add one part cricket legs to two parts doggy tails. Well, it's poor doggies. Well, I mean, I'm not a witch, so I don't know. Well, he's not a witch either. It's different. Kind of am. So that's a really good transition. One of the other big changes for Roderick is at fourth level, normally Amagus gets an ability called Spell Recall at fourth level. Roderick didn't get that because of his archetype. Instead, he gets his first hex, which is picked from the witch's hex list. Uh, and what's oh, your so arch- he's a witch. 
Burn him. <laughs> What's your archetype? <laughs> Hex crafter. Right, I forgot that. And and so sort of the hexes in about an hour. <laughs> so the way that it's sort of written is the I magus. Didn't I didn't get it either. <laughs> no lens, lens crafters. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they don't wear. Gla- <laughs> she doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> we all wear glasses except for Noel. Two eyes. Two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> 2020, bitches. <laughs> yeah, you're the weird one at this table. Uh, sorry for my superior vision. Want me to tell you? No, the, that, that's a different. That's a different shop. Superior vision. <laughs> want me to? T- <laughs> want me to tell you the uh, time on the microwave? I can read it from here. She would get mad at me when we first started living together. When I would ask her what time it was, like the middle she, of the night. I and feel she'd like, be like, "Why can't he just look at the?" It's because I can't see it. I figured it I out. I my glasses I can, on. I can see that there's letters, but I can't read them. Yeah, no, I can't. I'm with my glasses on, looking at the microwave from that far away. I can't read it. I don't know what time it is. I think it's 9. Let's see. It's, uh, it's 9.18. Ni- <laughs> she cheated by looking at her phone. Again, a visual joke for the listening audience. In my defense, uh, Philip's, lying. Philip's head is in the way. <laughs> That's true. That's a pretty big head, too. Anyway, so... For Roderick's Hexcrafter archetype, and the way it's sort of spelled out briefly in the rules is that the Magus is able to harness his arcane powers and manipulate them to mimic the hexes of a witch. Oh. And for his first hex, he took healing, Mm. which is what he was trying to do when Thurskill died, when I said he was trying to do something that wasn't working. Yeah. He's been slowly working on this over time, and he's finally got it now at level four, but he didn't have it at level three, which means healing basically allows him to cast Cure Light Wounds. Was he inspired by Vivian? No. (laughs) Not in the least. (laughs) Well, screw him then. (laughs) Not in the least, but um, it's like Cure Light Wounds. However, hexes work slightly differently. He can do it any number of times a day he wants, but it can only be done a certain number of times per target. Mm. So he can only use the hex on each person once per day. Mm. They could use it on anybody, on everybody he sees if he wanted to. That's cool. Yeah. So it's Cure Light Wounds using his Magus level as the caster level. Very, very cool. Yep. So you don't have to carry those pesky potions anymore. Well, he still does if he's already used his uh, healing on himself. Yes, but... That's awesome. It's a lighter load. Yeah. <laughs> and this was inspired by his mother, not Vivian. <laughs> oh, right. His yeah. mother was a healer? Yes. Cool. I think uh, Vivian inspired him, too. <laughs> he forgot about his mother until this moment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, is she dead, too? No, she ain't dead. She lives back home, right? Yeah, she's still alive. She lives at home. Yeah. He writes her letters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daddy he, died. Mom is alive. Yeah, he just, yeah. he knew one day, he was like, I'm going to be able to do what you do, Mom. Mm-hmm. And he did. Again, thinking in his American accent. Yeah, right. he thinks in his American accent. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Other changes are Roderick finally got an additional arcane pool point. That's one of those things that we talked about earlier, which goes up once every two levels. So now that he's level four, he has his intelligence modifier plus two. And this lets you pull a spell that you've already used before? No, that was spell recall, which he doesn't get. Oh. No, he, this is the one that allows him to magically enhance his sword. Uh, this, this is where you can be fancy and do magic and hit stuff at the same time. No, that's spell combat spell strike, which oh does not God. use the arcane pool. Yeah. I hate Magus's. Magus is so complicated. <laughs> it's such a Richard class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they are pretty much dicks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to that, base attack bonus saves the usual. The only other really interesting flavor thing is I finally put a point into craft weapons and craft armor as a part of his devotion to Torog. Mm, that's he, cool. He knew that Dwarfy was good at crafting those kinds of things and he'd been working with Dorothy to pick up some pointers and he knew that his being a relatively recent convert to Turog he needed to get on that. Now is that a class skill for you? I think it's a class skill for basically every class. 
Warcraft is. It's not on my list. Yeah, I mean, I mean you could add it down below. And it, and I would get a bonus Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's on your, so on your classes. You got craft weapons? And armor. And armor. Yes. And what is that modified by? Intelligence. Oh, well. I'm a plus zero on that, so... Yeah, it was another reason it was good for Roderick to take it, is because yeah. he gets a plus three intelligence modifier to it, so... So does that mean Roderick and Dwarfy can fix Vivian's breastplate that took... Or not breastplate, scale nail that took six points of damage in that last battle? Dwarfy will do anything to your breast, you ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was going to be my answer, too, but yeah. <laughs> he's, he's going to... Uh open up his a little shop here in Harrowstone. Yeah, so we haven't talked about Dwarfy. I mean, I don't know how the audience... I, I haven't looked at the market research on Dwarfy, <laughs> but um, I think for the next book we've decided to leave him in, in Ravengrow. Yes. Well, so one would think that he decided to stay in Ravengrow. We didn't just be like, you're not coming with us, Dwarfy. The players decided, not the characters. <laughs> yes, yes. The, the players decided it would be a good idea. He's, he's basically going to be our base. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like, when we come back to town mm-hmm. instead of Kendra and, and the inn. He's basically going to be our like our our cue. Mm-hmm. He's going to be our, our the the guy that makes us stuff if we need it. Yeah, and you know our next plot hook is returning these books to the to the university and Dorothy wasn't included in that. Mm-hmm. We were, but he's not. So there's no reason he'd want I mean he could if he wanted to, but Yeah. And to be fair, his his personality would totally go with you. Yeah, but Raven Gross is home. True. And, well, and he of. lives at the inn. Yeah. But they haven't been nice to him. I no. Think... Everyone's been mean to him. But he's got a lot of thinking to do. I think he's just had a very... Well, Sariana's been nice to him, and that's where he lives, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think Sariana just feels sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still can live there. I mean, that's a good enough excuse. True. but And, and you know, I did level him up. Mm-hmm. So he's got some stuff, too. Let's talk about Dwarfy's level up. Sure, we can do that. Um, so he took his ability point in strength. Very nice. Um, I mean, he's a dwarf. He uses his hammer. I think that strength is Makes something sense. that he needs. So that's And he got a lot of practice it. with it lately. True, yes, yes. Even though he rolled poorly, he, he swung it, at least. He tried. <laughs> yeah, so he, that that's what he did. Um, so so Dwarfy is, is... He has an archetype called Forge Priest. And what that basically does is when he uses his sacred weapon class feature um, on an item that he created, because, I mean, he creates stuff, um, he get he can enhance it by plus one. So, is that right? So, it, yeah, it already gets a plus one bonus, so... So it's another plus one, yeah, right? Yeah, the Forge yeah. Priest, if he created himself, he gets an additional plus one on top of that bonus. Yeah. So. But it costs two fervors? Yeah. Yeah, it does cost two fervors. That's cool, though. Ooh. That's super cool. But what I mean, we have him do it on? Oh, no, he can only do it on himself. Yeah, he That's can. That's yeah. the... Oh. <laughs> can't make armor for other people. He can make armor for other people, but this ability we're talking about, he can only do on himself. Yeah, because it's an ability on top of an ability. Yeah, you know how Roderick spends an arcane pool point to enhance his weapon? Sacred weapon kind of is like that. It's the same thing. So he can't create a sacred weapon for somebody else with this plus two bonus on it. Right, yeah. Yeah, the sacred bonus is something he does temporarily to his own weapon. Got it. But only if he's created that weapon. For this bonus, yes. And he can make uh, weapons sacred now. He Sacred weapon is, is another uh, bonus feat that he gets. The class feature he got at 4th level. Yeah. So as a swift action, he can grant a weapon an enhancement bonus uh, or certain powers. So is that anybody's weapon? It's yeah. his, his, his sacred weapon. It's very, very similar to Roderick's Arcane Pool. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's he can make it. So I don't care. Zenobia doesn't care. <laughs> yeah, Zenobia wouldn't care. It's like yeah. it, it won't work on her weapon, so... I, I think, <laughs> see, that's where I think the severe rather than stern comes in, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> 
Severe is still the wrong word. Practical makes more sense to me. It's very self-centered practical. I think practical is a very self-centered thing. Practicality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can be practical. Self-centered. Forever. I think self-centered is a better description than anything else. Well, that's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's... So if we if we ever need to use him again, he I, I think we're going to continue to level him up just so that he's battle-ready, but he's going to stay in Ravengrow. Here's the question. Can we go to Dwarfy to upgrade our weapons at a discount? Um, I would say if this was real life, he would absolutely give you a discount. But since this is a game that has rules and mechanics, I don't think that he's going to. <laughs> but that's up to Gary. That's not up to me. Well, it depends on his craft skill because the way it works is you spend one third of the total cost of the item you're trying to craft uh, on materials and then you have to take time crafting it. So Roderick can do that. He has a plus seven right now to his craft skills. He can't do the most complicated stuff because he's just getting started at it. Mm-hmm. So he can't like Masterwork, for example, is a DC 20 mm-hmm. and I can't, t- I can't get a 20 by taking 10. So I'd have to roll for it and that's Mm. risky but i can create basically any regular weapons and armor Mm -hmm. by taking 10 and in fact that's a good segue to our next section yes we are going to talk about because i take advantage of that (laughs) well we all love loot except you know i my upcoming character won't get any of this Mm -hmm. no but they get to come in with all their their gold that's true their own stuff that money money yeah no they have money left over too Right, money, so money. In, yeah, yeah. In terms of the big treasures, Roderick took one of the sets of masterwork studded leather that was laying around in the chest that we found, and his big his big takeaway from the dungeon was that plus one keen longsword, mm-hmm. which is such a huge. Can I go into that real quick? Are you going to describe the pommel again? Because the answer is no, if that's what you're doing. No. (laughs) I'm going to bore everyone in a different way. So those who are familiar with the Magus will already know this. But the spell strike ability, which allows you to deliver a touch attack through your weapon. Which doesn't use arcane pool points, Philip. No, it doesn't? It does not. Oh, I thought it did. No, that's the other thing. So, for those who aren't aware, any ability that has an attack roll can crit on a 20. Mm-hmm. Even even spells. If, if you roll a ranged attack or a melee attack, a touch attack with a spell, it can crit on a 20. The reason that this is so interesting for the Magus with the expanded crit range is if he's delivering a touch spell with his sword, the spell also gets the expanded crit range of the sword. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, Shocking Grasp would crit on a 20 if anybody else was casting it. But if a Magus is delivering the spell through his sword, and his sword has a 17 to 20 crit range, Shocking Grasp can also crit on a 17. Now, let me ask you this. What happens if you fail? Like a natural one. Oh, yeah. Super fail. Basically everything that happened through book one. (laughs) So you die. So you die and come back. Does both the weapon and the spell fail? Do you... Would you do a magical cr- fail? If it's an attack roll, mm-hmm. um, we would use a fumble card. Mm-hmm. But ordinarily, if you miss the attack, the rules say that your spell remains charged. So he okay. can keep trying. So okay. I don't lose the spell. The spell remains charged in the weapon until he casts another spell or delivers the spell. But you're not going to blow us up every time that you fail to hit. That depends on what the fumble card says. <laughs> Fair enough. Is there a fumble card that attacks allies? Because I don't like that. There, there are, are more than one yeah. fumble Oof. card that attacks oh, yeah. allies. There's a fumble card that beheads you. No, that's a crit card. Oh, it's a crit card, yeah. So we want the... Does that permadead you? Yeah. I mean, you don't have a head, so... Well, just ask. <laughs> Depends on what level you are and what spells you can cast. Mm-hmm. So did anybody else keep any big treasure from the dungeon? Not super big, but I took one of the... Um, Masterwork chainmails sets. That's a sizable increase. And, you know, we'd gotten a masterwork 
heavy crossbow and I decided not to keep that because it's just it's just so big and it's so heavy and I can cast spells. <laughs> so I sold that and I'm keeping my light crossbow, but I've still got the fancy bolts. I've got some plus one bolts as well as some alchemical silver and cold iron. Uh, yeah, so from, from the dungeon loot, that's the only thing that I did. And then, you know, we, we separated out the potions. Yeah, stuff. we divvied out the potions, cure moderate, lesser restoration, that kind of thing. Boring. Zenobia, you got some interesting loot from the dungeon too. Yes, I took the masterwork thieves tools. Yes. And I've been coveting this, these tools since I saw them and wanted to use them. Um, I took... In terms of weapon improvement, because you took the keen longsword, I took your masterwork longsword. So I now have a masterwork longsword. So that's, that's important. A good thing. Yeah. Yes. Do you still have your flail, or did you sell it? I still have my flail. I have and the uh, mace. Yes, of course I have my mace. It's magical. Yep. So I'm not giving that up. But I have a uh, the, the the flail turned out to be a lot more useful weapon than I expected it to. Mm-hmm. And. In addition to being a bludgeon weapon, it also has the ability to dis- disarm and trip. So uh, I'm going to hang on to that for a while. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Maybe upgrade See. that, too. Yeah, Dorothy will do it for you. Half price. And yeah. then you got the uh, Masterworks t- Thieves tools, which yes, is why you Masterwork, took... Which is why I took the Disabled Device um, skill. So is there, cool. Is there Magical Thieves tools? Probably, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. Like a plus one keen magical? And what, what these tools do is they... Uh, they, they just help with the rolls. They add a bonus, to, a bonus. to disabled device checks. Because they're so well made. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and um, I can finally use them. And I'm yeah. excited about that because like like Roderick, this is something I haven't really been able to exploit for the first three mm-hmm. levels, but now I can. Now yeah. I can uh, sense traps. I'm going to be looking for traps everywhere. <laughs> so Zenobia turned into a thief and Roderick turned into a witch. Well, I turned into a rogue. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Same thing. <laughs> Rogues and Thieves Guild don't get along. Rogue sounds more romantic. Than yes, it does. Yeah. yeah, that's what the thieves want you to think. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the rogues want you to think, too. So there you go. And you got the much-coveted plus one ring of protection. Yes, I do have the plus one ring of protection, and that makes me happy. Because anything to improve my armor class, I'm for it. And, and that, was <laughs> a team, that was a team decision. We decided to yeah. put all our eggs in one basket on mm-hmm. that one and just make sure Ace, Zenobia's AC is as high as possible. Just throw her first at everything. Yep. Because, um, I mean, Thurskill and I shared the meat shield uh, responsibilities. Yeah, and he's gone now, so it's all—it's all falling on her. He served his purpose as meat shield. And yeah, my next character is not going to be a meat shield. More spoilers. More reason to have Zenobia buffed up as much as possible. Even higher. Now the the problem I have is that I'm not in fact a warrior; I'm a slayer. So I don't like the up close and personal combat as much as I I really prefer to stay far away if I can. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's one of the advantages too is I can use all kinds of martial weapons and qualified in them so uh that leads me to something else that i want to talk about which is as we're talking about division of loot uh, that was the physical loot everything else we decided as a team we're selling pooling and selling yeah so uh, if, if people didn't have a personal desire so all the wands went to the appropriate vivian, casters mostly vivian mm-hmm. mostly vivian yeah so i got a wand of a what was it old uh, person old person and vivian got the rope of climbing yes which she reasons. needs. Yes. <laughs> which she needs. She thinks she can actually climb. Yeah. Uh, we haven't quite we, told her yeah, yet. Yeah, we haven't told her yet. We like, just dyed the rope pink. Like, you'll want this one. Yeah. <laughs> Use this rope. <laughs> but but aside from the stuff that we divvied out, um, Vivian got, like, the plus one mithril dagger just so she has a magical weapon. Yep. Yes. 
but aside from that, we sold everything else. So the masterwork chainmail, the masterwork longswords, all those kinds of things pooled all together. The total ended up being 1,091 gold and five silver per person. Woohoo! And yeah. this is including Dwarfy. We gave Dwarfy his cut because even though we're abandoning the NPC, we couldn't in story justify not giving him his portion of the loot. That's how cool we are in this game. So, how into it we are. Zenobia was kind of grumpy about it. <laughs> so, That's I mean, Zenobia. what does that mean for the NPC? Does it enhance his his craftability? Yeah, I mean, he, could, he can buy shit with yeah, it Yeah, he now. could upgrade his forge. He could do whatever he wants with he it. He could buy a forge now. Yeah. Right? Well, I don't know how expensive forges are, but... You could probably buy one with a thousand. He could buy a, he could buy a chiminea. A magic forge? That's a feat. That's not the forge. Masterwork forge? Probably. You can buy a chiminea and put it in your backyard. <laughs> No, it's just a regular old fire pit where he roasts marshmallows and creates weapons. And so cute. And he just did it in like the middle of the gazebo <laughs> in the circle square. <laughs> yes. It's just in the middle of town. <laughs> it just becomes this weird hobo. <laughs> hobo camp. Under the spreading chestnut tree. Exactly. The village dwarfy smiths. <laughs> So, you know what? I'm excited for Dwarf. I think this is... He, he got enough money to start his smithing business. Yeah. Um, what will he call his forge? The, his company? Oh, I don't know. Snot. Um, snot. 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 Snotty the forge. Go away. I feel like we're setting up for one of the opening quests in The Witcher 3. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want you to think on that, because I think you'll come up with a good yes. name. But ponder that. I want to talk about what I bought my money. Yeah, real quick. Roger didn't buy anything. That plus one keen longsword is already bounds ahead of what he was trying to work for. So mm-hmm. he's just satisfied with that. So he's just hanging on to his gold. Very nice. <sighs> I hate that. <laughs> so Vivian bought a Wand of Cure Light Wounds because I have a feeling we're going to need that at some point. She also sold, I, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I can't remember. I, she sold her scale mail as well as b- because she got the, the Masterwork chain mail. She went ahead and sold her scale mail. And with that and the loot money, she bought that wand and then she's bought a new holy symbol. Ooh, what is it? Um, so, well, so first of all, her previous holy symbol was her hair clip and it was wooden because Claire, uh, clerics don't have that much money when when they get first get started out. Um, so now she's bought a golden holy symbol and I haven't decided what it's going to be. It's going to be some sort of jewelry piece. It's, it, I don't think I can logically say that it's a hair clip anymore because Richard told me, we found out that if you add five gold to the total amount, you can add a secret compartment to your holy symbol to hold a potion. And I was like, yeah. So now I've got a holy symbol with a flask in it. <laughs> so you're an alcoholic? Basically. Okay. That's definitely a Caden Kalian thing. Yeah. Definitely seems like something meant for that, but I, I figured I could put a... Uh, we, we were talking... The possibilities seem endless. We could put a Cure Light Wounds in it. We could put a uh, Potion of Invisibility or something in it so that she could take it and then just go around buffing people, not get hit, which yeah. I like. Lots of possibilities. So, I haven't decided what potion I'm going to buy to put in it. And for those who are concerned, the text specifically says it is a church-approved secret compartment in the holy symbol. <laughs> what does that mean? It means you're not desecrating the holy symbol. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I'm trying to think. It's like a yeah. It's like a uh, hikes or skirt or something. <laughs> 
So that's what I I'm really excited about the new holy symbol because I always wanted her to have a gold symbol. Did um, you did you not get hair clips at Harrowstone also? No, those were what we found in the safe. Those were some prisoners' belongings. Uh, Vivian uh, doesn't want those. She wants to return those to the town. So I think that's important too. It's like some of the material we did not sell because in our assessment it was There may be more personal. plot relevance, yeah. 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 So we're gonna save that for when Gary's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's more flavor than money. Uh, What'd you buy, mommy? So what I bought was a composite masterwork bow. Long or short? Long bow. So I've replaced my short bow with a composite long bow that uh, it's a plus two and it's a plus two strength modifier. So you you couldn't draw this bow. No, I'm too weak. So I'm strong enough to draw it and it adds to the uh, damage it does. Yeah, from a mechanical standpoint, the composite longbows and even composite shortbows are made with additional tension, additional tensile strength, so that where it requires additional strength beyond the norm to draw it, but it also allows you to add your strength modifier to the damage. Now, next level nerdy, what does a medieval composite bow look like? Because I can imagine what a modern one looks like. It's got the wheels yeah. with that like pull yeah. it back, so it's crazy. Think of Mongolian horse archers. It's like layered, glued um, wood. It's and it's got like the curves in it? Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. okay. It's, and it, it's usually recurved. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Is, is how it builds the... I didn't realize that's what that meant. Like, that's what that did. But yep. cool. I knew the composite meant the, like, lamination. Mm. Yes. And that's how you build this, the strength and the flexibility, I guess, is the different way the layers go. Exactly. This is, uh, it, it uses a higher um, hit dice. It's a 1d8. Does more damage. Does more damage. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I, the bow came in very handy in the last um, adventure. We're going to be going out on the road, so there'll be even more opportunity. I'm expecting to use it. Mm-hmm. And I do have, uh, I have many arrows because I acquired uh, Thurskill's arrows. Some of them I'm not carrying. But. So was it grave robbing or archaeology? It belongs in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> The museum of my. It belongs pocket. in a body. Archaeology. You're not that old. What? <laughs> huh? What did you say? You just died. Archaeology. You just died. You're not that old. But it's from olden times, isn't? Isn't? Aren't we in olden times right now? But but it's just it's times. Not olden times when you're in olden. Yeah, times. it's just times. Just times. Okay. Yeah. Times are hard. <laughs> so anyway. This, so wait, this is olden times, but for the future. Yeah. Ow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I hate time travel. Yeah. <laughs> it's it always things always go bad. Did you buy anything else? What did I buy? Yes, I bought something that is so cool, and Roderick's actually helping me with it, and maybe Dwarfy wants to help with it too, but uh, I bought an illuminating boss for my shield. So there are these things called shield bosses, and they are they rule the shield. They, they ask you if, if you've done your If you've TCP done your homework, reports. yes, yes. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> uh, they're actually like braces that go on to the shield. And you can have them do different things. They they have ones with hooks. And they have ones with really expensive ones. I can't remember what the what all my choices were. Let's see. You could put a splash weapon in it. Yes, you could put a splash weapon. But that seems kind of stupid because then your shield takes whatever splash damage. It does. You're doing. I mean, all I would put in it, it would be something else I could throw holy water. Well, so on, what did you take? What I took was an illuminating boss because I've had an issue with uh, uh, visibility, with visibility and light, and where I want my light to be. And if I'm going to be carrying light, I'd rather it be in the middle of my shield rather than hanging behind my head, back. Mm-hmm. So this has a place where you can put a, uh, what do you call them, the glow sticks? Sunrod. Sunrods in the center. And you can open and close it. So it's got Mm. like a shutter. Oh, that's cool. 
So it, it fits like a framework over the shield that already exists and then has a, a center mount. It's like a la- it's like a cell phone snap case. Yeah, but it's yeah, got, but it, it's but it got sits a, on the front instead of the back. Yeah, yeah, and it's got a place you can put a flashlight. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Exactly. That's it's, super cool. Yeah. So and Roderick is uh, he gave me a bargain. Uh, it yeah. only it cost me it it, it should have cost three hundred to install this onto my shield, but uh, he was able to do it for a hundred. The the item itself cost thirty five gold, which I thought was a deal. Yeah. So the rules say that it costs three hundred gold to affix it, but using the craft rules, you could use your craft skill to affix it for a third of the price. So Roderick just just charging her the uh, materials cost. He's doing the labor for free. That's cool. And I'm doing him a favor because he's getting to practice. Mm-hmm. So I get the, the benefit of having this boss now on my shield, which makes my shield that much more useful. I don't think it actually changes, the, doesn't change any other value on the shield. Just Wait. the shield's hit points, yeah. but that's that. we don't have to go into that. You know what, Mom? That's boss. Yes, I think so. I'm pleased with myself. And that's and interesting character stuff we can get into next episode because Roderick has been spending a lot of time with Zenobia, both learning magical traps and helping her with a shield boss. Mm-hmm. And it leaves me with a little gold because I'm saving up because my next purchase, significant purchase, I want mithril uh, armor. Mm-hmm. Get that movement speed back up. Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. So um, that's it for leveling up. The next thing I wanted to talk about is we have received some listener feedback, which is very exciting. That is super exciting. So, so, uh, so someone's a listening. Of, a couple of people actually are talking. Yeah, to no, us. more. Yes, uh, all the listener feedback I get are from, from like friends. So this is this is exciting that it's somebody that I don't know. Strangers that's listening to me. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, strangers, yes, for listening to us. We do appreciate it. We do. Yeah. So we have a quick one from Stephen. He left us a very generous tip, and I do have to apologize for this one. He says thank. Thank you for the great podcast. My son loves it too. We appreciate the lower amounts of swearing than similar podcasts. You know what? I've heard a lot of actual play podcasts. They have dirty, dirty mouths. We only have dirty mouths. They have dirty, dirty mouths. And I felt like we had earned that compliment up until he gave us that compliment. Yeah. And then immediately after that, we started fighting the Lopper and the Splatterman. Yeah. And, uh, there were many went, bad words. Yeah, it went south. So I apologize for that. Yes, um, to both you and your son. Yeah. Your son. Uh, things are intense, but we do we do try to keep it to a... A minimum. A minimum, an artistic level. We're not <laughs> trying to be gratuitous. Yeah, no, PG-13, not R. That's what we're yeah. trying for. Yeah. It, we don't always... I thought Make the F- I thought the F word moved you into the R category. Only if you say it more than once. Uh, well, the word definitely in the R category. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. Wait, have we said it at all this this session? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut it out if we did. <laughs> but thank it's, you, Steve. Yes, yeah, thank so you nice. so much. Yes, no, that that that's going right to the make us funnier fund. Mm-hmm. Yes. That means alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you didn't have to tell him that. <laughs> so we also got a couple of delightful emails from Tom Majuba in Seattle, Washington. Majuba in quotation marks, so... Are you sure you're saying that right? No. <laughs> How, what if it's Majuba? I'll Just, let him email us to correct it. <laughs> well, he, I mean, he's done it a couple times. Yeah, so... so um, he took us up on our offer to correct us on the rules, so I want to apologize ahead of time. In our groups, I'm the guy with the encyclopedic knowledge of the rules. One of my shortcomings is when it makes sense to me, that's the rule. <laughs> Regardless if the rule actually says, if it makes sense in my head, then that's the system I'm going with, <laughs> which usually works, but every once in a while I make a mistake. One of the big mistakes I have been making for several episodes is I've been calling Quick Draw a swift action. Tom so delightfully reminded us that quick draw is in fact a free action. So what does that mean? 
Yeah, what is How does that, that affect things? It means so here's here's my argument. I think swift action makes more sense and free action is dumb. <laughs> well, he's right by the rules, but that means Zenobia could drop and draw every single weapon in, in her arsenal in a single turn. I thought Oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you could just keep like like you a comic book. No. I want to do this. Yeah. Not this, not this, not nope. this. But that's hilarious. Like, she's running through a pack and throwing it over her shoulder. Yeah, it's like nope, a goofy nope, cartoon. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> well, so in my head, I thought Quick Draw worked. I realize I'm confusing it with a gunslinger ability. I don't know if it's just a gunslinger. I th- uh, like, rapid reload. Okay. Uh, uh, not just gunslinger, but, you know. Action. Yeah, but, it's, spe- but it, it's a free action, but it's specific to your gun or your weapon. It's a specific weapon that it's assigned to. Yes. So you can't reload something that doesn't need loading in the first place. No, it's like if you have a light crossbow and a heavy crossbow. They take different times to load. Right. Um, but even if they didn't take different times to load, it's like you're, you're, the, the rapid reload ability is specific to the weapon. So it's like, I'm really good. I have more practice with this weapon than I do with the other one. So if you took rapid reload for the light crossbow, that would not apply for the heavy crossbow. Mm-hmm. I understand. So that's okay. in my head how I've always thought quick draw worked. That is another common mistake with quick draw, but that is not how the rule works. So... So, um, so in the rules, quick draw works like the magician that has the scarves that are all connected to each other, and he just keeps pulling them out and pulling them out and pulling them out. Exactly. So I think it should be a swift action, but he's right that the rules technically say free action. So how does this affect Zenobi's turns going forward? I mean, she can change weapons at zero penalty. What about her uh, mostly holy where water? Been, yeah, that's mostly where I've been using it. Is. And that's one of the ways that I've been mixed up. And hold on, I'm going to look this up so I don't get it wrong. Because that's where it would have affected me. I think I've... And I think I, if I quick draw... The way we've played it, I believe, is if I quick draw a weapon, I can't also quick draw holy water on the same... Which is incorrect. Which is, I think, what's incorrect. Because theoretically, rule-wise, I could... So yeah, we've also been wrong on that one. It, the holy water counts as a weapon, so you can quick draw that as a free action as well. So you could quick draw as much holy water and as much as many weapons as you want. So we've been gimping her ability. Yes. Everything that you've wanted to do, you'll now be able to do, which is quick draw a weapon, put holy water on it, and then... Or move quick draw the holy water, and then put the holy water on, and then move. You'll be able to do and it attack. all. Yeah. What was she wants to study, too? Uh, can't move and study. That's but if I don't move, I could, do, I could study. If I yeah. stand in place. Yeah. So I don't think it changes any of the outcomes of any of the battles. I don't think it would have saved Thurskill's life, but noted moving forward that quick draw is a free action, not a swift action. For both... Weapons and holy water. Yes. For Zenobia. Yes. Because holy water is a weapon for her. But it wouldn't be that way for someone else. Correct. Okay. Unless they had quick draw. No. Unless they were a grave warden. You're the Got only it. person I'm the who only considers one who holy water as a water weapon. Water is a, ho- a weapon. Yes. Yes. So, Tom also notes some other rules that we got a little bit wrong, um, mostly with combat maneuver, which, honestly, I'm okay with, because there were a couple times where it's like, I don't know the actual rule about that, but it's going to take way too long to look it up, but it's Mm -hmm. not important, so we're just going to guess what the rule is. Combat maneuver is so rough. It is. I see why they they did away with it in uh, 2nd edition. Honestly, I have, uh, real quick, I honestly, I have mixed feelings about it. I love the idea of combat maneuver checks and um, defense, but Richard and I were talking about this off mic the other day. The problem is there, whenever you're using it, like combat maneuver defense, whatever you're using it is using it against is really good at whatever it's doing. Exactly. The only creatures who are going to use combat maneuvers are creatures who are really good at it, like Like, with grab plus four higher than their normal check. It's like, there's no way for me to escape from a giant octopus. Well, then what's the point of trying? Exactly. It's, It's a tough one. Just kill them. Yeah. It's made of nothing. It's made of meat. No bones. Smush it. 
<laughs> so he does point out uh, several interesting notes here. I won't go through all of them because some of them are really esoteric. No well, offense, Tom. How no, dare we, we really you. appreciate the email. No, uh, I'm defending my. Uh, he's my now my defense lawyer <laughs> against you, the prosecutor. <laughs> I'm just saying I don't think Tom wants us to read the entire email. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. No, I don't want to read the entire email. That's all I was saying. He does say that uh, he loves Way with Words as well. It's because it's a great show. <laughs> you turn it on and you're like, oh, this. Why would I want to listen to a podcast about et- entomology? Or etymology. Etymology is about insects. Yes. Etymology Et- is about words. I always get that confused. I already missed it up. Yeah. But I, I mean, uh, who wants to listen to a podcast about that? And then, like, oh, I love it. two seconds later, it's been an hour, and you've listened to the whole thing <laughs> because it is so engrossing. Once again, like curling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I still hate curling. I still hate curling. Oh, how could you, you think ever hate curling? You think you hate it until you watch it, and no, you can't stop. I, it pisses I don't, me off. I, I hate it. I yeah, hate it pisses it. me off. I do feel that way about tennis, though. Because a lot of people don't like tennis, and I'm like, oh, I could watch this for hours. But yeah. Otherwise, Tom has very nice things to say about our show. He says, great job, and that he uh, is finding the episodes exciting. So thank you very much, Tom. Uh, we hope you're having a good time in Seattle. Yay. Yes, absolutely. Yes, thank you, Tom. Hope it's not raining too much. <laughs> Probably uh, is. Tom is also was formerly in Arlington, Texas. Really? Oh, really? Yep. So he was a neighbor. Hey, neighbor. Hey, hey, neighbor. Hey, former neighbor. Yeah, thank you, Tom. It's so awesome. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Steve's kid uh i'm so glad that at least three people are listening that don't that we don't know, know. Us. yeah because no offense everyone that knows us thank you for listening to you and that's super cool yes, yes but, absolutely but we expect it <laughs> in fact hey, that's what happens when you pay right <laughs> expect mom, it mom i haven't oh, paid them yet, <laughs> I haven't no, paid we, them on, yet. we only pay I'm some sorry. of them you can't let the rest yeah. of them know <laughs> i'm sorry was i not supposed to talk about that <laughs> Oh man, our over. So we pay for our listeners like people pay for likes. Yeah, it's like the Twitter followers. Oh, okay. We we pay an elf elf and gold. Or what is it? And uh, Terry Pratchett, magical gold disappears after a day. So. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, okay. Well, for everyone that's still listening to this super boring episode. I mean, I wouldn't call it super boring, but I mean, I was boring. pretty bored. There's no, <laughs> there's there was no combat. Well, they're they're interesting level up. This is a okay. very important level for both Roderick and Zenobia, yes. and it was good to get this out in an episode. No, the this the bibliography episode that we just did is pretty good. I, I take it back. Not super boring, super nerdy. Super nerdy. Which very for some nerdy. people will be super boring. And for other people super exciting. Namely, the people who listen to our show. So yes. maybe the intro should be that. Should be like a disclaimer yeah. instead of an intro. <laughs> yeah. I think we're actually was thinking that. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this super educational episode with the Die by the Sword podcast. You know, I learned, I wouldn't say a lot, but a couple of things. I've learned I do not want to play Amagus. Boy, got that right. <laughs> And next week we'll be doing a story recap and getting into the beginning of book two. Oh, you know what we forgot to talk about? My brand new character. We can oh. talk about it next week. All right, let's talk about it next week. Da, 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 da. <laughs>